It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios. In Lake George, New York, I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, speaking of day, today's show, well, we're going to talk about the Manny Pacquiao-Jordanus-Yugos uh, fight from uh, last night. Uh, a couple of other things I want to talk about. Uh, but uh, let's get started right away. We're going to have Alex Papali join us. We're going to have Dax Khan join us. Uh, it's been a little bit, but uh, we'll get into our show schedule um, somewhere along the line in this show. Uh, what's coming up, when we're going to be, where we're going to be. We've got some great announcements to uh, uh, share with you guys. But first and foremost, uh, let me just say this. Remember one thing, today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Get yourself a copy. Uh, you can do so by visiting our website, www.billycboxing.com, and just click on the Title Bout banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company. You know I love this stuff. It's like uh, it's kind of like an addiction, but uh, check it out www.southerngourmetspice.com I know, you don't even have to do the www anymore Just southerngourmetspice.com And of course, my book Tom Molino from Bondage to Bettest Men on the Planet Is available right now Where all good books are sold You can get a copy right now While you're watching or listening to this very show Just visit barnesandnoble.com Or amazon.com Or just visit our website billycboxing.com If you're looking to get a signed copy uh, Just drop me an email Billy at talking. Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Um, all right. First and foremost, uh, last night uh, we had uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, fighting Yordinus Ugas. He was supposed to fight Errol Spence Jr. Uh, Errol Spence backed out of the fight with an eye injury. Um, so Ugas stepped in because, ironically enough, Ugas's opponent. Uh, dropped out too. He was supposed to be the co-main event, and lo and behold, like what seems to happen a lot with the PBC fighters, um, all of a sudden we have a change. And last night, uh, the 162-year-old, I mean 42-year-old Manny Pacquiao uh, stepped into the ring, and you know, you kind of had a feeling it was the end of the line for him before the fight. Um, you know, we were talking about, oh, possibly he would fight Spence. Oh, would he continue? Should he win? You know, should he go out on, uh, with, with a win? All these things. It didn't work out. Uh, Ugas won a unanimous decision. He improves to 27 wins, four losses with 12 of his wins coming by knockout. Manny Pacquiao, future Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. Uh, 62 wins, eight losses, two draws, 39 of his wins coming by knockout. Uh, the only fighter to win. Uh, world titles in eight different weight classes. Started boxing uh, at uh, 98 pounds and was fighting at 147 last night. Um, the way the judges scored at 115-113 and two of them had it 116-112. I, too, uh, scored the fight 115-113, uh, also in favor of Ugas. Uh, the way it unfolded for me uh, was that uh, I gave rounds... 
one, three, four, five, and eleven to Manny Pacquiao. Yugos uh, got the rest. Two two uh, rounds. Two six seven eight nine ten and twelve. Um, my man Larry Hazard had the same score as me, and pretty much as he was uh, giving his thoughts, I was thinking the same thing. My bottom line thought is this: Manny looked old. He looked uh, every bit of forty two. Um, did not move around, did not utilize what I thought he would. Ugas was a big fighter, was a very disciplined fighter like most Cuban fighters are. Uh, the jab gave Manny all kinds of trouble. Um, you know, the, the, the big question I had is Manny never made adjustments. You know, Freddie Roach back in the corner. What did Freddie Roach do? You know, I, I mean, to tell you the truth, Freddie Roach has become a rah-rah man. We saw it in earlier fights. I mean, he's a rah-rah man. He wasn't given any instruction. You know, Manny Pacquiao should have started doing something different. He didn't. For a guy with all the experience that Manny has, he stayed with his game plan and, and, and just, just didn't deviate from it. The problem was, I mean, sometimes that's good. Be patient. But the problem in this fight, you guys had his number, was picking him apart with his jab. And quite honestly, <clears throat> after re-watching the fight this morning, I said to myself, maybe I was a little too kind to Manny. You know, a lot of those punches uh, that Manny was throwing, those flurries, weren't connecting. Um, you know, I, it, uh, it was not the Manny Pacquiao we were used to seeing. Um, you know, I, I don't know anyone that doesn't love Manny Pacquiao. And, it, and if you do, it's only because... Uh, uh, you love Floyd Mayweather. I mean, let's be real. Uh, but the truth of the matter, and let, let's get that straight right now. Win, lose, or draw. I don't care. People could tell me all day long, well, man, he's got eight losses and uh, Floyd's got none. Yeah, well, Manny Pacquiao will finish uh, all-time great higher than Floyd Mayweather. Make no mistake, several uh, spots higher. Manny Pacquiao is a is an all-time great. Uh, I believe Floyd Mayweather is an era great. And what I mean by that is... Floyd didn't do anything outside of the box like Manny did. Manny uh, has challenged himself. Just look at all his opponents and look at the last uh, handful of opponents that uh, Floyd has done. The one big difference, Floyd never put himself in a position to look as bad as Manny did last night. So I give Floyd credit for that. Um, as far as uh, some comments after the fight, well, you uh, guys said my trainer, Ismail Salas, and I had a plan. We were going to move him around. We were going to use the jab and keep him off balance. That was the whole game plan. The right hand was a shot I had planned to use on Manny. It kept working, so I kept using it. Exactly what I just said. You know, Manny never made adjustments. Freddie Roach never told him to make any adjustments. Um, it, was, uh, uh, it was disheartening to watch, uh, especially I've always been a fan of, uh, uh, of Manny. Um, Manny said after the fight, in the future, you may not see Manny Pacquiao in the ring. I don't know. Let me rest first, relax, and make a decision if I'll continue to fight or not. Listen, let somebody else make the decision for him. Uh, Manny lets people take advantage of him. Maybe maybe his management team is pushing him. Maybe his promoter's pushing him. I don't, I don't know because he's the promoter. But the truth of the matter is it's done. His wife knew it. She knew it. Um, she couldn't even watch the fight. She knew it wasn't the same Manny in there. Uh, it's time for Manny to hang it up. He's got nothing left to prove. Uh, he proved one thing last night, that it's over for him, in my opinion. Um, not much else to say. I'm going to give you guys credit. Um, you know, he, uh, uh, he came and won the fight. He, he's not an exciting fighter um, like Manny. 
but he's there. He's in the mix in the WBA. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in the uh, welterweight scene, WBA. They got 47 uh, uh, champions uh, by themselves in, in one division. So, um, But uh, uh, we'll see what happens with Ugas as time goes on. And by the way, Ugas is no spring chicken either. He's 35 years old. Um, more power to him with his gorgeous girlfriend, huh? Oof. Um, in the undercard, at least on the pay-per-view, um, you know, I, I, I normally the PBC fight, uh, their fight cards, especially the pay-per-views, are not worth it. Not that this one was worth it. It wasn't. Um, I, I honestly don't think. I mean, just because Manny's name was there, you know, you fork over the, the 75 bucks or whatever it was. Um, but the rest of the card on paper looked like they were just one-sided bouts, but they weren't. They turned out to be very exciting, so I do give credit there. Um, you had uh, uh, in the co-main event uh, was probably the, the I don't want to say the worst, but uh, the co-main event uh, between uh, former champions Robert Gos Guerrero and uh, Victor Ortiz ended with a 10-round uh, decision uh, victory for Robert Gos Guerrero. Uh, that's the good news for him. The bad news for him, is that he's going to fight again. Uh, you know, he was fighting Victor Ortiz, who hadn't fought in over three years. And, I, I, you know, the reason why it was an entertaining fight was because you had two guys with a lot of miles on them uh, who have been out of the ring, and they were evenly matched, and we ended up with a good fight. I can't see Robert Agos Guerrero or Victor Ortiz, should he decide to try it again, um, be competitive with a young gun. I just don't see it. It was an interesting fight. For those two guys, you know, for us to watch as fans and for those two guys to fight each other, I thought it was an interesting fight uh, and it was entertaining. But how about the Mark Magseo against Julio Seja fight? Uh, what a beautiful fight that was. <laughs> Damn. I mean, uh, I, I, I listen, I've liked Mark Magseo. I, you know, he, he's been carefully moved. Um, and in that first round, it looked like, oh, man, it's going to be a blowout. You know, and they're all saying, oh, he's hurt. Seha's hurt. He wasn't, though. It was a flash knockdown. He didn't see the punch coming. It was a sneaky hook in there. And he, he never wants to me. I mean, I wasn't ringside like Brian Kenny and the rest of the 90 people that were doing this event. But um, I, 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 he wasn't hurt. And the body work that Seha was, was uh, throwing on Mark Magseo was paying off. I mean, he was he was in pain. That's what made that knockout so much more impressive, in my opinion. Uh, he had to dig deep to win this fight. Uh, you know, he was happy, and all the pain went away afterwards. Uh, but uh, truth be told, um, you know, I, this was a, this, he was losing the fight on all the scorecards. I, I, you know, uh, I, I had given him the first couple of rounds, but uh, uh, he was losing the fight on all the scorecards. But, man, did he knock out uh, Seha. It was... Uh, um, you know, when you watch the replay, he clearly was out already um, before uh, uh, the second blow, uh, which uh, endangered him. I, I thought endangered his life, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, um, also on the card to open the pay-per-view, Carlos Castro uh, stopped uh, Oscar Escondon uh, in the uh, final round. This also was an exciting fight. I thought Escondon had an opportunity to win this fight. In the very first round, uh, he kind of uh, stunned Castro a bit. It took Castro a couple of rounds to get going. Uh, I would have thought that 
they uh, would have jumped all over him um, a little a little quicker. They 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 let uh, Castro uh, get into uh, get into a groove. Castro improves to twenty seven and zero. Uh, Escondon drops to twenty six and six. By the way, Mark Maceo twenty three and zero now, sixteen knockouts. Seha loses for the fifth time, thirty two five. Uh, and one with 28 knockouts. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick uh, is this, you know, did, did, the, the broadcast, all right? I mean, um, I'm not a big fan. Joe Goosen is good. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan. I love Brian Kenny. Uh, here's the thing. We had Kate, uh, Kate Abdu, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman is the most... I, I can't stand him in the ring, and I can't stand him out of the ring. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I know he's a nice guy. He was coming up with some good stuff. Uh, he actually does a decent job. I, I, um, I, I don't know. I, let's... TBA. Let me, let, me, let me see. Let me watch a couple more. Um, Heidi Andrew, which absolutely... She makes me sick. Jordan Plant. She, she's solid, I think. Uh, Brian Kenny, Joe Goosen, Larry Hazard. Eight people, man. Eight people for a friggin' broadcast. I mean, you know, I, I love the days when you had two, you know, uh, the, the people calling the fight. And then maybe you, you, you slowly introduce that third person uh, to, to, you know, give you the unofficial scorecard. And maybe introduce a fourth person to give you some comments. But this was like, it was overdone, I think. You know, I don't know. Is is it is it me? Is the the, the younger fans like that? I mean, it, it's you know, it's become more of a show, more more like WWE, like uh, my man Coach has been saying for a long time. It's it's more like that, in my opinion, than watching a fight. Um, I, you know, I I loved the older style fights, and and even even in the eighties and stuff. Uh, you know, coming up, you know, we got to see Tommy Hearns was there. He looked mean and as vicious as ever. Uh, you know, Don King turned 90 uh, last week, and, and it just I'm watching the show, and these things are going through my mind. I, they flashed the camera on Tommy Hearns, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, those days when you had a pay-per-view event, you'd have these uh, really knockdown, drag-out, evenly matched fights with two two top fighters in their respective divisions. You know, you had uh, an announcer, a, a co-announcer, you know, play-by-play guy, a, 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 the main guy, and, and uh, you know, a uh, scorekeeper, you know, uh, basically an unofficial score. And, and it was so, I don't know, it was on point, you know. Um, I also think that the little blurb that they had with uh, Larry Merchant uh, was interesting. You know, it, it, it was sort of reminded me of, of uh, watching the New Year's with, with Clark, you know, and and I, when it was way over his time, you know. Um, and Larry Merchant hasn't been in front of the camera, at least I haven't seen him in front of the camera in a long time. Although his uh, comments were accurate, the delivery just, it made me feel, made me feel old. Uh, I'm getting old, uh, but Larry is too. But I, I don't know how old he is, but he, he looked pretty good. Uh, but... Uh, uh, I, I don't know. It was more sad. Uh, I, I got more sadness out of that uh, than I did, uh, uh, you know, pleasure, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, one uh, announcement that they made, Canelo Alvarez, Khalid Plant, it's not even on the schedules on uh, the major boxing sites yet. 
Uh, it's signed, sealed, and delivered, set for November 6th. Khalid Plant was uh, in the audience, uh, and they had the camera on him. Um, I, I mean, it took a little while to sign this fight. Um, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's for the undisputed middleweight championship, uh, which is always good. Um, I mean, does Plant really have a chance? I mean, uh, you know, do, do, does he have a chance here? I mean, you know, that's my question. Um, you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder, uh, should he have, uh, um, you know, uh, his best night, uh, you know, the best night he could have, uh, might not be good enough against, uh, Canelo. Can Canelo's, you know, come on, Canelo's a pound for pound fighter. There's no question about that. Um, top fighter, one of the best fighters out there, um, you know, I I don't know uh, what else to say uh, with that, but um, you know it is what it is. I guess uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, uh, when that comes up in November. Some other fights, and and let me get into uh, our schedule a little bit. Um, some other fights that uh, uh, we're thinking about uh, doing. Um, so so here's the thing. The, this show. We've gotten, um, you know, a lot of... I've been receiving a lot of emails from everybody. Uh, you guys know that uh, I was turned off a little bit uh, with the sport. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's... The fire's lit. Unfortunately, uh, the field of players, uh, for me, aren't there anymore. Um, but I've received a tons and tons of emails... And I actually was planning on reading a bunch of them today, but there was too many, and I didn't want to slight anybody. But I'm talking emails from, from people that had listened to the show years ago uh, that are, you know, uh, listening again. They're, they're listening to the old shows that are out there. Uh, and the general consensus is we want you back. We want you on a regular basis. Well, here's the deal. Um, we are going to do a show on a regular basis from now on. Um, but it's only going to be after the big, big fights. Um, I, I, some of these smaller fights that I really am into that are coming down the pike, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I, I want to uh, do the show, um, but it's just, I, there's not enough to, to talk about. We may do some smaller blips, stuff like that uh, on them, but I can tell you this, uh, after the Anthony Joshua and uh, Oakslander Usyk fight uh, in September, we'll definitely... Uh, be doing uh, be doing a show then um, after the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fight in October we'll be definitely doing a show then and of course uh, the Khalid Plant and uh, Canelo Alvarez will be definitely doing a show after those as well uh, another thing I want to tell you we are starting to go on the road a little bit yeah yeah, remember when we used to do live events all the time? Well, we're going to be doing them again, and we're going to be focusing. I want to try and do it once a month, uh, and we're going to be focusing on specific type uh, of 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 a of a guest. Okay, um, for example, the first one we're going to do uh, is uh, on the author of this new book, Paul Gallander, uh, a Sunny Listening book, uh, which is right here. And um, I, I can't wait. You know, uh, Henry Haskip had sent me a, 
uh, a, a little email. Um, I was included on the email, I should say. It wasn't just to me. Uh, but, you know, um, Paul was doing a, a, a talk about Sonny Liston. He's regarded as one of the most knowledgeable guys on Sonny, about Sonny Liston. And, you know, actually he's, you know, uh, hawking the book or whatever. Um, but I got to chat with Paul a little bit. Uh, and the guy is knowledgeable about Sonny Liston. Sonny's one of my favorite fighters. So I thought it made the most sense uh, to kick off our new uh, series with him. Uh, title bout uh, championship computer game uh, is uh, uh, going to be our title sponsor for those uh, events. And they're going to be at different locations. And in the future, we might have, um, you know, a fighter on, a, a current fighter, a former fighter, a future fighter, uh, trainers, uh, you know, and, and we're going to invite fans. Now, it's not going to be a huge event, whereas, you know, uh, there's a fee or anything like that. We're going to most likely have them uh, in, a, in a very closed environment, uh, set it up have a, you know, uh, an interview, record it, and then broadcast it. Uh, that's the plan. So if you're interested in attending any, uh, let me know. They are going to be scattered around. Uh, most of them uh, will be at least within driving distance for me, you know. And uh, I know Alex is going to be joining me uh, on them, and hopefully Dax will too. Uh, so uh, we'll keep you uh, uh, all posted uh, on that as, uh, as it develops. Uh, that's for sure, but uh, uh, we wanted to make sure that you knew uh, that uh, that we got stuff going on. I, I hear it. I hear the calls. I hear the calls for uh, you know doing things regular. It's just you know the way the the way the sport's been going. Um, it hasn't uh, uh, it hasn't really um, been the same uh, anymore. So uh, for me, anyway, for me. Uh, but uh, in any event. Uh, listen, we're going to uh, get Dax. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get Dax on, but uh, uh, he's not uh, responding the way Alex just did. So we're going to have Alex on uh, here in a second. And Alex's segment uh, is being brought to us uh, by GourmetSpice.com. Check it out, SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Get all uh, those seasonings that I brag about all the time. You know, Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub, my new favorite. Uh, the Cajun Spice, all that stuff uh, is doing great. And hopefully doing great is this guy right now, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Where is Alex? I just see this skinny guy in the in the camera here. But uh, how you doing, my man? Doing good. Feeling good. A uh, little, little anxiety for uh, Uricon Henri. But um, I, I think he started... Uh, I don't know. Is it is it raining where you are? It's absolutely pouring here. Uh, not yet, but it uh, it feels it. Don't 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 worry. You, I see that boat in the background. You're ready for this, man. Right. You know? <laughs> so so I, my, my buddy's here. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Sylvester <laughs> the putty tat, huh? But uh, uh, anyway, the fight last night. Uh, we saw Manny Pacquiao. He was aged before he got in the ring. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, they aged before our eyes in the ring. You know, I, I, Manny was, was, it's over for Manny. I hope he doesn't continue. I scored the fight the same way, 115-113. Um, my biggest, my biggest um, shock was that Manny made no adjustments, Alex. None. He stayed with the same game, game plan 
and you guys took advantage of it. They were ready for him, and I, I, I thought I thought that the team you guys carried their plan out, and uh, Team Pacquiao didn't. And Freddie Roach, what did he do? He was a rah-rah man in the corner. He really didn't do anything. He didn't do anything for any of those fights. I know he put a lot of miles on his sneakers running back and forth from the ring to the dressing room, uh, but uh, I don't think he helped Manny. What was your thoughts on the fight? Yeah, it was it was sad to it's always sad to see where uh you know you you realize that Father Time is also one of the opponents in that ring. Um uh and I think that's what we saw last night because I think that um he just couldn't. He didn't have another gear uh in in the face of Ugas's. Ugas was doing a few things that were very smart. One of the first of all is just this the size uh his frame is he just that from the very opening bell it looked like a boy versus a man at times because Ugas is much larger and the way he was putting his frame and holding his defense he was putting giving himself a a difficult angle um you know a difficult for Pacquiao to get in there now the old Pacquiao and we did see brief moments of it could speed in and out and sort of explode across that distance, whap him with but, three. But but stops. but the but his accuracy wasn't there, Alex. He missed all. Yep. I have never seen Manny Pacquiao take as many punches and miss as many punches as I did last night. I yeah, I think you're right, and I think that a lot of that has to do with just the reflexes aren't. He sees the openings, he tries to get his hands there, but the opening is not there anymore. Um, because of those reflexes, they're just not what they were. Uh, and I think also the other thing is that uh, Ugas was doing was fighting a very smart fight because um, he was using the jab very well and he was using multiple jabs, uh, sometimes a double jab, sometimes sort of a touch jab, that big sweeping right. Um, he was it got to the point where he was going to the body and the head with that. And uh, at time, I really thought Manny was going to get dropped at some point. I thought he was going to be put down in the 12th. So to me, it was sort of a moral victory in the sense that, uh, I don't know, I, I, I kind of wonder, if it was Errol Spence, I think Spence could have really hurt him. Um, because I kind of, when I, when I heard that it was Pacquiao-Spence, the fight I thought about was Sugar Elena versus Terry Norris. Um, but and I don't think that Ugas beat Manny up to the extent that Terry Norris beat up Sugar Ray Leonard. But I do feel like it's an ending. Now, will it be the ending? I don't know. Because remember, with Sugar Ray Leonard, he fought one more time and had to get knocked out. Had to, you know, get knocked out by Hector Camacho to realize, okay, yeah, it's over. I hope Manny doesn't need to be knocked out. Um, but yet, yeah, to me, that that was a sign that he couldn't make those adjustments. I don't understand why he didn't give him some movement. He literally stayed right in front of him, Bill. Like he thought, he he at thought at some point. Well, my power is going to get to him, but why would he think that? Because because, because he's hearing never, he's, he's uh, hearing uh, he's hearing that stuff in his ear. It's the same thing when like with a Deontay Wilder who's hearing that he's the baddest guy. Oh, nobody can stay, and they start believing it. You know, as a as a. You know, if you're trying to jack somebody up and give them confidence, it's one thing to be a confidence builder. But when they start believing it, and 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 that's why I mentioned when I first uh, when we first started talking was 
What did Freddie Roach do? Freddie Roach was the guy saying he's going to knock him out. He's going to knock him out. And even in the pre-fight interview, say, oh, Freddie Roach said he's going to knock him out. And, and Manny was, he didn't jump on that bag wagon. You know, you know if the knockout comes. But you're right. He, he stood there. And, and it makes you wonder if what Brian Kenny was saying was true. You know, was his legs gone? Can he not move? Because movement... Um, and all you guys had to do was kind of like pivot. He kept pivoting around, around and around like a circle. And there was Manny right there, ready to eat another jab. Yeah. Yeah, he was directly in front of him. And all he kept, the only movement he gave was in and out. And um, and and it got to the point where, you know, even that was in in infrequent bursts even though i think he i think he did throw more punches i think that's the thing he always has the welterweight manny pacquiao didn't score knockouts like the featherweight manny pacquiao the it, 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 there were times he stunned the hell out of guys with his speed but then it usually would take a while like because if you think about kodo i think he put kodo down or at least badly stunned him in round one but it wasn't till what the eleventh or something that that fight was fi finally finished. Um, so that's the thing about Pacquiao's power at um, at one forty forty seven. It's more of um, this accumulation of, of of blows. A rain you're being rained on. Yeah, uh, maybe it's appropriate for today. And and it gets to the point where everything you you're everything leaves you it's an erosion of all your skills your will and you eventually get stopped he and now i don't think uh he's landing with that same force that even he had when he was you know i don't know five fights ago six fights ago because if you think about it uh the jeff horn fight i thought he legitimately lost a close fight that night so if you think about that then this wasn't really an upset. Um, I think that uh, it was sad because it does seem like it could be the end of the uh, end of an era that was a you know terrific era. But um, yeah, it, it did seem it was kind of sad that the, and I think this always happens with an old great is that it, it seems like they they need a gear that's not there anymore or they can't get into anymore. And everything you mentioned we would have seen from the old Manny. Um, and he couldn't do it. He didn't, there wasn't enough head movement. There wasn't a game plan shift in the face of adversity. And I think that's what was cool about, um, maybe that we saw a bit of a passing of a torch. And I think, Bill, this would be a, this is another good thing. Like you, I heard some of what you were saying before, as I was trying to log on with everything, uh, and update my, of course I had to change my password. Um, I hate but, that. Uh, that idea, that that showmanship idea, the whole night would have been felt much more dramatic had the order been shifted on the supporting bouts. If that Ortiz Guerrero fight came before the uh, Magsayo uh, Seha bout, uh, if if it was the other, yeah, then that card would have been a crescendo of excitement, and we would have felt like. Wow, it's bye-bye to the king, and it's hello to the new king. And that Magsayo is going to be may maybe the new Manny Pacquiao because he really, that was a thriller. Uh, and Manny, the way they promoted it was that Manny saw this guy and saw something of himself 
in this young guy, and he sure delivered because Seha was battering him to the body, and I thought he was going to end up, you know, losing that. And then he comes back with a knockout that that's going to be one of the KOs of the year. If that if we had gone from that bout to the main event, it would have been a, felt a lot better as a fan than having to suffer through the. Uh, because the, the Ortiz-Guerrero fight was more interesting in the sense that as a novelty almost. They sold it as, it as if it was 2015 or something, and we still cared about those two guys. Yeah, the sad thing about that fight was, I, 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 actually, I, I gave credit to the whole card. It, it was entertaining, which is generally not the case with a PBC uh, you know, big fight card. They're just not. They're one-sided. And on paper... Every fight looked like it was going to be a one-sided fight, uh, except for the Guerrero-Ortiz fight. You didn't know what you were going to get. But the thing about that particular fight was it was evenly matched in a sense where you had two guys that were old. And, yeah. you know, it, it, the sad part is, is, is assuming that Guerrero's going to move on and he's going to step in the ring with a young fighter that yeah. he's not going to... You know, he had trouble with Ortiz. And Ortiz is Ortiz. You know, you heard him, and he's like, oh, oh wait a minute. Wait, time out. I, I, yeah, I think I cut myself. You know, I mean, uh, uh, but, yeah, Magsale fight, great fight. He was losing that fight. Uh, I disagreed with the uh, commentators. Uh, they're saying, oh, say Hus hurt. He's still hurt. He was never hurt. That knockdown did not hurt him. It was a flash knockdown. You saw it in his face. He got right back up. He was embarrassed, and it, it just it woke him up because that was the worst thing he could have done, I thought, Meg Seo doing that to Seha because after that knockdown, uh, Seha was just whooping his ass until that until that stoppage. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope Pacquiao uh, hangs him up. I, I think he, he should have hung it up after the Keith Thurman. That was the last... Uh, big fight that he pulled out of the, out of the bag against a, a top fighter. That was the time for him to walk away. Um, and like you said, you know, a lot of times they just don't. They know what to do. They have all this uh, experience. Their bodies just don't respond. It was evident last night that uh, that Manny Pacquiao is is done. And you know, like I said, his wife knows it. She she couldn't even watch the fight from the oh opening. Oh my god! From, I know from the opening bell. From the opening bell, she knew it wasn't it wasn't going to go his way. And yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I thought Pacquiao was going to get stopped. Uh, I did give him the eleventh round on my card, but tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, he was taking some hard shots, uh, and he was not. I also agree with you about um, the speed. His speed seemingly was there, but his accuracy was not. That's why that accumulation of punches was not affecting Ugas. Although he he started getting a couple of knots in his head. But how, how when was the last time you saw Manny Pacquiao when he was in the ring with someone other than Juan Manuel Marquez um, connect with so many punches? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, and that was what was happening. Is that this was a big, strong welterweight who I wonder I didn't see if they did show weight before you know what he weighed on fight night i didn't catch it um but I, i'm always curious about that especially in that first round I, I was just like wow look at the size difference um and i wonder if uh ugas was up to like you know 155 160 he was like um, a, he was like i ran barkley for god's sakes <laughs> I, I wonder you know because he, he just a lot larger you know it never was a grappling 
you know, there was a couple of times where I did see him sort of uh, use his size to push Manny down once or twice. But I saw a lot of people talking about him as a dirty fighter. He was not dirty at all last night. Um, that low blow, was, I thought was I thought it was a bad call, to be honest. But then the replay showed most of the glove was actually on the white under the band because I thought it was on the band of the of the trunks. But most the replay did show that Mora made a good call. That most of that was a low blow, um, and, and it was a good no point deduction. It, right, it, you know, because but if it would have happened again, I could have seen him losing a point. Would have made it. It would have changed the outcome of the fight, obviously. But so, yeah, it would have been a big deal. Uh, it could well, it could have been, and I think that was the best part of it was that we didn't see a gift decision to Manny, um, because that would have really to me it would have really been bad for boxing if that had happened. You know, we've had enough um, bad decisions this year for. Um, it, it, I just was glad it wasn't in like a, a big event like this. The, the right guy won. A gift know? decision would have been a draw because if they would have uh, somehow given Manny that win, it, you're right. Um, speaking yeah, of, I had it. I had it a little wider than you. I think I had it. Um, I had it eight to four. Uh, so one sixteen, one twelve. Well, I I admit when I, I watched the fight again this morning because I actually believe it or not. I actually stayed up and watched the whole card last night, which which I normally can't do anymore, but uh, I, I did, and I, and I I watched it again this morning real quick, and um, I, you know I was I was a little kind to to Manny. There, there, there a couple of the early rounds that I scored for Manny, you know, looking back this morning, um, you know, he, he wasn't landing punches that it appeared, and I think the judges bit the same thing I did, but. Uh, in any event, the the broadcast itself, eight people, Alex, eight people. Uh, there Kate, is Kate, a lot of Kate, them. I, I I mean, Kate Abdu, I, I love her. I could I could watch her. I, I I wish I was watching her every day in my house, but uh, uh, I have no problem with her. Uh, Sean Porter, gotta love him. Keith Thurman, um, there's something about him I just don't like, but he seemed knowledgeable. That Heidi Andrew can't stand her. I she just she just doesn't fit. I don't know who who she uh, <clears throat> hooked up with to get her her job there, but uh, uh, she's terrible. Jordan Plant, eh, she was solid. Let me go on because Brian Kenny was there, Joe Goosen was there, Larry Hazard was there. Eight people for that freaking broadcast. I mean, I, you know, I, I I don't know how many you need. I was just reminiscing about you know watching the old fights. You know, uh, Don King turned ninety years old. You know, they used to have two guys, you know, a blow-by-blow a, a blow and a commentator, and, and then they introduced Harold Letterman with a, you know, obviously I'm talking HBO with a score. Keep, you know, maybe slowly get that fourth person in to do the, uh, you know, uh, corner stuff. But eight people, dude. You know, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a little bit overkill. What do you think? There were a couple of times where I was like, how many people are they going to go to? Yeah. Uh, how, how many more opinions do we have to get on this? Um, yeah, it is. It is a. It is a little much. Um, I don't understand. Uh, you know. Well, it, but it, that's just it. Is that these guys all copy each other? So it seems like they all have a big team like that. Now, the only team, the only one that is the same all the time seems to be Showbox. Uh, that's the only one that has three guys, and it's always three guys. 
Um, it, there's never like two guys that start you off and then they throw it to three guys who might throw it to two other guys who then might go to a cut to a guy in the locker room or, or a gal in the locker room and then cut over to somebody else who's standing in the crowd with the, getting a crowd reaction. Yeah, it is, it is kind of crazy. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it is hyper-produced and I think there was an element of that to the whole broadcast, to the whole thing is that it was very easy to see that this could be you know a bad night for Pacquiao especially when it was going to be Spence um I mean that was part for me it was like wow this will be it this will be the passing of the torch uh God bless Manny Pacquiao for being willing to do this to at 42 years old um put himself in harm's way uh, and sort of put himself on the altar of boxing uh, to be to go out like a champion by blood um, against the top welterweight. Well, when that fight, you know, fell apart, it became sort of a consolation prize. And then I think, like everybody else, I did dare to think, well, maybe Manny still has it, you know, and could could beat this guy. I didn't fall into that idea that, oh, yeah, he could stop him. Which I think, and and you're right, I think that whole thing with Freddie Roach and Manny Pacquiao have almost become part of a show. It's a team. It's a promotion together. He does this again and again where where Freddie Roach guarantees Manny's never looked better than this. He's knocking guys out in sparring, and you're very likely to see a knockout this time. I know he hasn't done it in a while, but this one, this one is going to be it. There's going to... Hasn't he said that like six fights in a row? And who still listens? It's like yeah. Danny Garcia and his father or uh, Robert Ghost Guerrero and his father. You know, I, I mean, the, the thing is, is that's the that's my whole point. You know, when you watch. Okay, so let's be real. The broadcast is for the home audience, right? So so they're trying to entice the home audience, the home viewer to give them something to justify sh- shelling out whatever the price tag's going to be uh, on a pay-per-view or even a regular broadcast. So so they're trying to, 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 to help the home viewers experience. So they add this other stuff, b- behind the scenes, in the locker room, in the corner live, blah, 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 right? But as a home viewer not being there, because anybody out there that's never seen a fight live uh, ringside or, or just anywhere in the, in the venue – you're missing out because there's no other sport like it live boxing live is the best um but watching it at home alex and being uh, fortunate enough to 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 have been watching boxing uh, for as long as i have i mean really you go back into the into the 70s for me uh early 70s maybe even late 60s that i recall uh these fights on tv um compared to the way they look now I mean the video and the high definition on the on these new TVs and the way the the cameras are picking it up. I mean, you know, when they did the intros and they go from one camera shot to the across the ring to the other corner, that was pretty slick. I felt yeah. like I was in the ring. I really did, you know. And uh, and and I think that's enough. You know, I I think if you're watching it from home, if you get the feeling you're in that ring. You know, you're seeing that close-up. You're seeing those punches in, in almost 3D. 
uh, I think it's enough. I don't need eight freaking people to be telling me all the same shit, dude. I just, I just don't. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, I'll admit, I'm a dirty old man. I love seeing all those hot girls. I really do. Um, but, ah, you know, I mean, not all of them are that knowledgeable, you know, and, and you know, you can only just drool over enough I can. I mean, you guys' wife, girlfriend, whatever, she did it for me. I mean, I, that's what, I all I had to do was see her. That's it. I'm good. You know, I, I you know, we'll keep Kate. We'll keep Kate up there in the in the tower, wherever they were. Uh, but I, I don't need the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it uh, to me, I, I agree with you. It just seems that these um, all these these teams that have more than three people, and even sometimes three people is too much. Um, a a three person broadcast team. You know, I came in in the '80s, and that's what I got used to. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of pay-per-views, it was two. It was Tim Ryan and Gil Clancy. Uh, and then sometimes they'd have a, an ex-fighter who'd come in for a couple rounds or come in for one fight of a pay-per-view card. One of my favorite broadcasts ever, uh, is, and it's up there in one of my favorite fights, is Tommy Hearns versus Juan Roldan. And that was Tim Ryan, Gil Clancy, and Marvelous Marvin Hagler. They didn't cut to anybody in between rounds and say, oh, you know, did you talk to uh, his cousin? What does his cousin say in the crowd? Did we get his re reaction? You know, those kind of things that, uh, yeah, you know, times have changed. And I think people, reality TV, I would blame because we have, there's this idea that the show is bigger than what was just going on. Uh, I think that's it. I think that I think that's it right there. They think it's a show, and and really boxing, it shouldn't be treated like it's not wrestling. It's not WWE. You know, it's not a show. It's two guys fighting. I, I think yeah. You, I I, mean, to me, it's like isn't that enough? These right. two guys are trying to hurt each other for your entertainment. Can't we focus on that for a minute? I think the fan has changed, Alex. They, they you know, they can't pay attention. You know, so they need other stuff. They need some more fluff in there. Two two more things I want to ask you. One. Tommy Hearns still had a mean look. I got a, a shiver went down, down, up my back when they put the camera on him. Did you catch that? I, you know, I did. I heard them announce him, but I was in the other room and I didn't see it. When I got back in time, it was. Oh my god! It. it looked typical Tommy Hearns. I mean, he's just staring at the camera, and it was just like, is he coherent or is it just Tommy Hearns? Because uh, what a what a menacing stare. There's no question about it. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, that's one one of my. Um, I mean. One of the scariest stare downs is uh, even though he ends up losing that night, his stare down with Marvin Hagler. I would never want anyone I love to be looked at in that way. Greatest uh, fight. Uh, that's still the greatest live fight I've ever seen. Uh, three rounds of, of the, the most action packed fight I've, I've ever seen live. It was, uh, it was great. Uh, the, the other question I have for you. Is Larry Merchant? Um, you know they brought Larry on. I know you're a big fan of Larry, um, and you know what he was saying. That the, the dialogue was actually interesting. It was all there, but I kind of felt I, there was, and I was never a Larry Merchant fan ever. I've never liked the guy. He was a guy, in my opinion, that tried to take boxing and and make it. You know, more journal, like a, like literal. You know, like uh, you know, fancy words and all that stuff. To me, I like the Dems and the Do's and these guys and stuff like that. 
and you know he brought the the education to the sport you know and it, it, it to me it never fit um but last night i felt a little sorry for him he's he's aged and it only almost reminded me of when they would drag dick clark out for the new year's eve things you know and uh I was I, I, as soon as I saw this, I can't wait to get Alex's thoughts. What did you think? Did did you think, hey, he's just getting old? I mean, Don King turned ninety. I mean, we're all getting old. Um, was it just an age thing? Am I, uh, or did you see something like what I'm saying? I I think that it that the the part that makes it uncomfortable, yeah, is the age part. Is that yes, he's he. I mean, he's. I didn't look up his age, but I think he's because when we, when I met him, remember he was. I had that great um, moment where he was in the um, press room for uh, Canelo Kovalev, uh, and I got to just stand there and, and talk to him for a little while. Um, and I think he was, I want to say, eighty nine then, and wasn't that two years ago? Because uh, I thought I remember looking up at that time. I did not look it up. I'm sorry about that. Um, but I think he's he could very well be over 90 if he isn't 90. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, the way he looked and sounded, of course, it, that's what's going on there. But I thought, um, I, that was one of the things that I thought I, I appreciated last night because even though in this world of all the different networks and all these different, um, affiliations and, um, allegiances to corporations, uh, and I will work with them only and only them. Uh, it was nice for them to see, you know, this guy, as much as he was a corporate guy in the sense that he worked for one network, he was also a historian and a voice of the sport. And he was so stitched together with Manny, um, especially like Manny was the sort of the Sugar Ray Leonard of the 21st century um, for HBO. And uh, I thought it was appropriate. And I'm pretty sure that picture he was holding up, um, that must have been a shot of the first fight, which I think was on, it was the anniversary just recently of Pacquiao versus uh, Leila uh, Honolo Ledwaba, who actually just passed away a few months ago from COVID-19, um, who was the South African fighter that Manny beat on the undercard of De La Hoya Castilejo. And that was his breakout fight. And I don't know if you remember, but he had this like little sprig of blonde hair and he put a whooping on Led Waba and he stole the show that night. And um, it was cool. There was this sort of, connection in that Larry was there at the beginning and he's there now. Um, so I, I kind of like that. But yeah, he definitely, Father, I, I tell you, if anybody won big last night and he's looming over everything and it's like nobody wants to say it, it's Father Time. <laughs> yeah, he's still undefeated. He's still undefeated, man. But uh, anyway, Alex, I appreciate your time. Uh, we will be doing some post-fight shows coming up uh uh, Anthony Joshua Usyk definitely uh, Fury oh, Wilder. You know the Usyk Joshua fight is is becoming more intriguing for me. Um, you know, I, I, at first I didn't give Usyk a chance in hell, but I, you know his boxing ability 
um, you know, may may make this more interesting than I thought. The Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. I I don't see any change. I don't care. And I, you know what? You know what shocked me? Dan Goosen yesterday. He's going. Oh, he's got Malik Scott in his. Uh, this guy is knowledgeable. He's this. He's that. And I'm going Malik Scott. I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, not the same Malik Scott I'm thinking of, right? And he, oh, he's knowledgeable, knowledgeable. You know, uh, better than 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 his previous trainer, Mark Breland. I mean, I, you know, you know. So I'm saying, oh, it's good thing he got. Good thing uh, Fury got COVID because you know uh, uh, Wilder needs the extra time. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Wilder lost the first two fights. To me, the gift was the draw. He, there was no doubt about the second fight. And I really, I, it, it, it's, it's BS that we're being forced to a third fight. Uh, and then, of course, Canelo Alvarez, Khalid Plant. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too competitive. Uh, no disrespect to Plant. Uh, but uh, those are the next three. Plus, we're going to sprinkle in a, uh, our, uh, our excursion, which I'll talk to you about. Uh, later on in the week or so, but uh, uh, aside from I that, you, I tell you that the Joshua Usyk, I'm very like you are. I'm very excited about that because I, I, I have a you know it's it's very easy to think well, Usyk can't won't be able to get past the size, and Joshua will just thump thump away at him from a distance and win an, an easy unanimous decision, maybe kind of boring. But I, I, I think you'd be wrong. You, it would be wrong to think that Usyk would tolerate that because he has something in him that, you know, I think that he's the guy that sort of, if there's anybody that can become a star in the heavyweight division in the current landscape, I think it is him. Um, so uh, especially the thing about Joshua that we know is that this is uh, this chin is a huge question mark but, here. But does Usyk have the power to 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 get him? I I I I he might. Yeah, because I think the thing about it is if you just put di a few blows of dynamite on there, maybe he can't do it in one shot, but he might be able to do it in three shots. Um, and he is the kind of guy that can get in close and do that. Um, but, you know, it's easy to say be before seeing how he takes those thumps. Are you, are, are you thinking Michael Spinks, Larry Holmes? I, I think he very well could win that kind of a fight. Because that's how uh, Mike, remember the first fight. Uh, Mike, Michael Spinks, he, he was in his face, bam, 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 and then backed away. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. And and I, I'll never forget it. Awkward. The way he fought was Michael Spinks was awkward, and he landed the punches, and uh, he won the fight. You know, and and I, I think Usyk could do that. I don't think he could knock out Joshua. And and the question is going to be, can he handle a pop from from Joshua? You know, but uh, it, it's going to be an interesting. Like I said, as it's getting closer, it's becoming more interesting to me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, especially just because of the size differential. It's fascinating. Um, and uh, there was another one that you... Oh, uh, Wilder Fury. Um, yeah, I, I don't see anything different happening in that. Uh, that's another one. Oh, and what <laughs> in terms of uh, corporate shilling, uh, that to me was sort of a hard sell. That was almost like a Glengarry Glen Ross moment there when Goosen was going on about 
the talents of Malik Scott. Uh, those, to me, I'm like, really? Uh, I, I agree with you. I was much more impressed with Mark Breland in the corner. Um, but um, to me, uh, it remains to be seen that um, Malik Scott and uh, Wilder are some, uh, you know, this brain trust of um, uh, a partnership. I, what's, you know, Malik, I, what's Malik Scott going to do for Deontay Wilder? I mean, the guy doesn't know how to fight. He doesn't know how to fight. He's got power. He's a one-trick pony. We've said it all along. Um, so what's Malik Scott going to be able to do against Tyson Fury? How's he going to help? You know, I mean, you need discipline and you need some skill if you even want to think about beating Tyson Fury. Now, granted, the punching power of, of uh, Deontay Wilder is the equalizer, and I still believe that he could knock out uh, Tyson Fury easily should he be able to connect. I mean, we've seen it. We saw him uh, rock him a couple of times already. One time he almost killed him. Um, but that's not the part that uh, Tyson Fury knows that. You know, so he's got to have something else that Tyson Fury's not going to be prepared for. And Malik Scott is not that guy. Uh, Deontay Wilder blaming everyone else for losing, including the, the, the costume, is it, it says it all to me. It says that this guy's not holding himself accountable. He's a punk. And he's a punk with power. And he, it, it, the, the outcome's going to be the same. That, that's my opinion. Now, if him and Joshua fought, I think Deontay Wilder has a better chance of beating Anthony Joshua than Tyson Fury does. I've said this all along. Everybody laughs at me. but No, I, I, I absolutely agree with you because I think that's Joshua. We all know that if you hit uh, Joshua hard on the chin, he's going down. Joshua knows if I get hit hard on the chin, I'm going down. I'm fighting the guy who's probably the hardest one-punch punch, uh, puncher in the sport. Uh, that would be an anxiety that would weigh on him for twelve every second of twelve rounds. Right, he'd have he'd be waiting for that punch. He'd right. he'd actually be waiting for it, you know. Well, and so and that and fight, that would become a, that would be make it an interesting fight. I think that 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 was the only the Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua. As much as I like Joshua, I leaned towards Wilder on that fight because of the punching power. But Joshua Tyson Fury, I'll, I've said it from day one. I don't see Tyson Fury beating Anthony Joshua. Everyone says I'm nuts. They say I'm nuts because, oh, Tyson Fury's boxing skill, blah, blah, blah. Well, he also leans on people. He uses his size, which he can't do uh, against uh, Joshua. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if unless unless uh, Deontay Wilder beats Tyson Fury. Then what do we see, a fourth friggin' fight between these guys? It's got you got to have a rematch clause in there should uh, Tyson Fury lose. So, I mean, you know. Well, I, I just hope we don't get another rematch of the postponement. So we would have to get another postponement and this would have to be a wilder, po a wilder postponement. When are the fans going to get sick of that shit? I mean, really, when, you know, I mean, I'm sick of it. It's caused me to, to not even watch it anymore. Uh, as much as I used to. I never missed a fight. Dax and I would talk about fights that nobody even knew was on any kind of air, whether it be a stream or, or on TV. Um, you know, many times we would talk about fights that no one's even heard of the fighters. And uh, uh, now, uh, you know, I mean, there's more postponements. There's more, you know, last-minute cancellations or substitutes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. We're, we're living in an era where I think that if you're, 
if you're the fan of one specific fighter, you have to buy into all the excuses. Otherwise, you cannot handle the inactivity of your fighter. Uh, I think that's one thing. The other thing, if you love the sport, you're, you're okay. You suffer uh, a little bit and die inside a little bit every time one of these postponement happens. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have fans. It's usually we don't to sustain you we because don't... you still get great moments. I don't know. Billy C., I, I probably woke my neighbors up. I was going nuts with that Mike Sayo. I know. Uh, that was a good fight. Sayo fight. That was so, a good fight. I couldn't believe that knockout. Um, and, uh, you know, so, I, yeah, this, this this sport, there's nothing like it. So, to me, I I agree. There, As a fan, from, that I got started watching it in 85. Um, and I've been watching consistently. And it has changed a lot. Um, but the fights itself, the, themselves, uh, they're still what makes me come back. And... Um, I don't know. Congratulations to Ugas because I thought he boxed very, very well. That jab was beautiful, and it really that changed everything. Yeah. Controlled everything, you know. Uh, a victory over Manny Pacquiao, be as it may, he was forty-two. Doesn't matter. That just changed uh, Ugas's life, uh, and wherever, whatever happens from here on out, doesn't matter. He's got that on his belt. So absolutely. Anyway, do you think Manny, do you think Manny will run for president? I do. I do, and I think that that's a, 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 a another reason why he ne he needs to just hang hang him up. You know, I I think that uh, his little spat with that nutcase that's in there now, um, you know, is pretty crazy too. Uh, yeah. But the yeah. Filipino people love him so much. Hearing the story of Magseo, we used to camp out where he was working out just to see him. You know, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I said to myself, man, when was the last time? We had a figure like that in the United States, you know. I mean, it, it had to be, you know, 50 years. I, I don't even know who that could have been, you know. Uh, uh, but, uh, I mean, everyone loves Manny. And, and I'm sure Manny Pacquiao fans are saying he got robbed last night, you know. But uh, uh, in any event, it was a great run, and I hope, I hope we saw the last of him. But uh, we won't see the last of you, that's for sure. But uh, I will, uh, I'll be talking to you soon, brother. Awesome, Billy C. Great to be with you. Thanks. Take care. That's my man, Alex Papali, and uh, giving us his thoughts on the uh, fights last night and, and some other stuff. Uh, we're going to be getting uh, Dax Khan uh, on the phone here. Uh, getting some uh, issues with connecting him uh, for some reason, but uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from him in a few minutes. Um, yep, I just wanted to... Uh, uh, make sure that uh, everyone knows that we will be coming back for some of the big fights, doing our post-fight just like we're doing right now uh, until uh, the sport gets back uh, to being more real. I, I hate to say it, you know, because there's a lot of young fans out there that don't like me, uh, don't like this show. Um, you know, we, we, we want to be more back to the roots, uh, and the roots were... Um, you know, for us anyway, uh, the roots were uh, the historical aspect. And that's what we want to uh, uh, get back to. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, getting back, uh, listen, m my, uh, my man Dax is uh, going to join us here in a second. And Dax's segment uh, is being brought to us by uh, my book, 
Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy uh, by visiting Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, but not so simple was me connecting with my man Dax, who joins us right now. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. What's can you going? hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. I can hear you yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's weird because the, what I'm hearing from you and the feed that's live is actually about 15 seconds away. Well, that that other feed, uh, on our, that live feed, is about 15 seconds away. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, it's weird. It was showing you not on. So it's a good idea that you had connecting uh, with me. But anyway, thoughts on the fight last night uh, very well, and hopefully Manny Pacquiao's uh, last fight. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, one, whether or not you are closer to 43 than 42, because Pacquiao turns 43 in December, if you're out of the ring for two years, and considering what everything has gone through worldwide on top of that, you know, most likely, you know, you weren't actually in the gym on a regular basis, you know, where fighters are always like, oh, but I'm in the gym every day. You know, so when you contribute all that and you contribute age and the fact that Manny Pacquiao started out at 112 pounds and, you know, he worked his way up to 154 and, you know, what he's put his body through over the years, then no, you can't expect him to come in there even if it was a 30-year-old Manny Pacquiao in top shape, let alone a, you know, closer to 43 Manny Pacquiao. And again, um... Ugas is a guy that has the type of style that's always troubled Manny. You mentioned Jeff Horn earlier, who has a similar style as Ugas in terms of it's just ugly. I mean, um, you know, Ugas is a guy that I would rather watch Bartholomew versus Fortuna about a hundred times than have to watch Ugas more than once. See, he showed to me he was a typical Cuban fighter. I mean, he's very disciplined. Uh, fighting behind the jab, I, I thought I, I kind of blamed Manny for not changing anything. You know, he he did the same thing over and over and over, and that was exactly yeah. Why? why Ugas had no pressure on him. They did the same thing. They were connecting with the jab. They were connecting with punches. And like I said earlier, I never saw Manny miss as many shots as he did last night, Dax. No, and again, like I said, you have to credit that to the fact that he is... I mean, there's no taking away from the win. It was a good win for Ugas, um, but, you know, there's no taking away from the fact that Manny Pacquiao is a fighter in his 40s. Remember, if Manny Pacquiao, for whatever reason, wasn't able to jump up all those weight classes, the average fighter below 126 pounds is done by time they're 30, let alone 42. No, you know, that's remember, a great point. Remember, there was a day when if you were a heavyweight and you were 30 years old, you were considered a senior citizen practically. Exactly. So, you know, the combination of it all is, you know, give Ugas the credit for winning. And, again, hopefully, as you and Alex stated, that this is the last fight for Manny. And, you know, uh, fade off. You know, if you want um, to go out on a win, um, come back, get yourself somebody, an easy opponent. I believe, you know, um, some guys throughout their career deserve that easy opponent, and Manny Pacquiao is certainly one of those guys that you know he can go off into a win on, uh, fade off into a win on. But if not, you know, just call it a day because obviously he's not going to be able to come in there and compete with these young, younger guys anymore. How about a final fight? If he's got to have a final fight to go out on a win, uh, could you see a, a, against a Robert Agos Guerrero type guy who just came off the win against Ortiz? No, I would say somebody like Samuel Vargas. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Samuel Vargas, though, 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, you yeah, would I mean, need you. Since, you would need a bigger name, though. I'm just saying, if you just want to go off on paper, you know what I mean. You know, for a win on paper, man doesn't need right. He has nothing left to prove. Well, he could always pull a Mayweather. He could always pull a Mayweather and and fight a uh, a wrestler or or a YouTuber. You know, I mean, you know. There was already talk mentioned before that the um. Manny was saying that he wanted Mayweather too. There was, there was actually, if I know, I know a lot of people, you and Alex are talking about, you know, um, the difference in the, the terms of fans and how they have to have different shows and how you know it's become more of a WWE style event. And you know, well, a lot of fans don't pay attention to everything that's going on in boxing. They, you know, like everything else, fans see what they want to see. You know, there was always a question on whether or not that Pacquiao was actually even going to fight Errol Spence. Remember, Organis Yugas was scheduled to fight uh, Maidana, you know, uh, Fabian Maidana on the undercard of this fight, which was awful weird since Fabian Maidana, the only thing he's had to do with the WBA at all in terms of titles was a federable super, super welterweight title back in 2016 against, you know, an opponent nobody knows of and an opponent who... Never made a single defense of that title. You know, Errol Spence, when he first came back from that car accident, everybody was always asking, you know, what's wrong with his eye? What's wrong with his eye? Because there was a hematoma that was there for a long, long time, even before, you know, the Danny Garcia fight was Richards back in December. And, you know, so then there was also talk about, and a couple places who did some interviews made the mistake of, and actually have screenshots of it, and then there was a couple press releases that were sent out. I don't know if you had gotten them. That, you know, where they actually made a mistake of talking about, you know, Crawford and Spence and mentioning that Terrence Crawford was actually in training for a fight against Errol Spence. And then all of a sudden we hear about the Sean Porter situation where the WBO ordered Sean Porter as the number one challenger. Now Sean Porter comes out and Sean Porter was saying he was thrilled because he was getting ready for a different fight against an unnamed opponent. You know, more or less it looked like as if everybody outside of the PBC was more, you know, was thinking that this fight was all set in stone and ready to go. And inside the PBC and those around the camp of Errol Spence and Manny Pacquiao were hoping that Errol Spence was going to be healed up and he was going to be in shape enough and he was going to be healthy enough in terms of whatever was going on with the eye. And he also had some other facial damage from that car accident that this fight was going to go ahead. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't have been such a quick change. And there wouldn't have been no valid reason for a guy like Ugas to face anybody like Fabian Maidana. Well, it worked out for Ugas, that's for sure. And I don't think, I mean, Spence, I've lost a lot of respect for him since that accident and everything else. But I don't think Pacquiao would have been able to handle himself against, uh, uh, against uh, Spence, that's for sure. But um, some of the... No, I, don't th- I don't think so either. But, you know, my, my point of the matter is, is I honestly don't believe that Errol Spence is in the condition that they would like us to believe in terms of how he has recovered from that car accident. No, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Um, so on the undercard, we had a couple of uh, pretty exciting fights. Uh, Alex was talking about the Mark Magseo fight, and Magseo fought uh, Julio Seja. Uh, you know, the announcing team... Uh, made it seem like Seha was was in serious trouble in that uh, first knockdown. I didn't think so. I thought it was a flash knockdown, and Magseo uh, obviously won with a huge uh, knockout, uh, but was losing on all those scorecards and the bodywork that Seha was was laying on him. 
uh, was paying off. Uh, what was your thoughts on that fight? Um, well, Seha, remember, he entered that fight, I believe, 0-2-1 in his last three, and he was not only stopped in two of those fights, but, you know, um, he lost points, um, you know, uh, Rigondeau stopped him, and, uh, Frank Manzilla stopped him, you know, and they were both ugly fights up until then, um, you know, Seha was at his best at Bantamweight and Super Bantamweight. And yes, early, I don't think, uh, you know, I think they did make a bigger deal out of that knockdown considering the way Seha came up. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you hear people, especially on social media, and I believe somebody on the PBC broadcast team actually started referring to Seha's body work as terms, in terms of um, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr.-like. And it did look like Magsayo was starting to fade a little bit around the eighth round. Then he gets that second win, and... I thought Seha still was doing well, but he made a fatal mistake that a lot of fighters make, whether or not they're uh, fighters early in their career, or we've seen against, you know, elite world champions where he went straight back as Magsayo was coming forward, and Seha had no place to go but that back to hit the ropes, which allowed Magsayo to land that punch and, you know, put Seha out for the night, and it was kind of a scary knockout at first. It was, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, here we are in Vegas, and, you know, a lot of the medical um, uh, rules, so to speak, have, have come out of there. Dr. Goodman, um, I, you know, but they didn't seem to treat it. I, I know in New York, uh, you know, you and I have said a lot of times it's an overkill. They got, you know, five doctors ringside for, for each fight, but um, not really. They have two, but still. Uh, I was surprised they let him try to walk away himself. Uh, they had to help him out of the ring. They were basically helping him for the ring, you know, the walk back to the dressing room. I mean, uh, I don't know. He was showing signs of maybe they should have taken him out on a stretcher. How do you think the commission handled that? No, the commission didn't. Um at minimum, they didn't give him enough time to make sure that he was steady on his feet to leave him walk back to the dressing room where customarily would be is when the doctor comes back and examines you further and then decides whether or not that you should go to the hospital. You know, that's why we always hear about on TV that, you know, fighter A was rushed to the hospital after a certain knockout. But, you know, Vegas, they didn't uh, handle that well. And, you know, it's, you know, the going back to the ropes, again, I do believe that's what cost Seha that fight. Um, you can ask anybody uh, in the gyms that, you know, I deal with. That's one thing I yell at fighters at for the most. As soon as your back touches that ropes, just turn away, get off it. Don't even go back towards the ropes, you know. I'm one of those guys who, you know, consistently is a fan of fighters that spin around in circles, circles, circles. Because, like I said, how many fighters, if you think about it, over the years on a higher level than, you know, either one of these guys have been knocked out by making that same mistake of going straight back? Yeah, no, no doubt. And, uh, you know, the... I, I... I mean, I'm not and what gonna... makes it even worse at times is when you go straight back like that and then you do realize, okay, my back has touched the ropes and the fighter starts to come off of there. They're more or less, a lot of times, you know, that adds to the power of the punch because they're coming forward as your opponent is coming forward. Right, right, and that's exactly what happened. And Kenny Bayless, who I believe it was Kenny Bayless was doing that fight, uh, he was, uh, you know, for the most part, um, you know, letting them fight, and he was right there. I was surprised that he, that if I'm pretty sure it was him, it was either him or the or uh, I, I forget who the ref was in that fight. I'm pretty sure it was Bayless, but um, he was right there, and it was you know us with the benefit of the replay. He was clearly 
going down when he got that second shot. Um, I don't know. Uh, it happened so quick. I don't know if the referee could have done anything, but um, it's hard. It's hard to jump in on that, you know, especially when a fighter. And it's hard for a fighter when they are in motion. You know, um, fighters when they train, they practice. It doesn't matter on what level. And he was winning they, a fight. They, and he was yeah, winning they, a fight. They, they, they practice, you know, for combination. So you know, when you're in the middle of a combination, even if you know your opponent is going down, sometimes it's actually hard to stop your body because of muscle memory, you know, from halting immediately. So they announced uh, Canelo Alvarez, Khalid Plant set for November 6th for the undisputed middleweight, uh, super middleweight title. What's your thoughts on this fight? I'm actually looking more forward to the Caleb Plant fight. What did I say? Khalid. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> Khalid, Caleb, whatever, man. You know I murdered the English lad. I thought I, I thought I said like Jordan Plant or something. I don't know, but... Uh, uh, Al, uh, let, let's let me rephrase that. The Alvarez plant fight is coming up uh, in November. <laughs> what what do you uh, what do you think? I mean, does Plant have a chance or what? Canelo Alvarez has reached the status that the guy that you love to hate reached, where he is so good. It doesn't matter if it was the Kentucky Fried Chicken guy. People are going to be all over social media talking about how it's an either an easy fight, it's a cherry pick fight, or whether or not that he's finally going to be exposed. I had made a joke, um, I believe it was yesterday on social media, talking about if Ugas beats Pacquiao, who wants to volunteer to keep count on how many people are on social media, whether it be Twitter or Facebook, saying that Canelo has moved up to 168 so he can duck Ugas moving up to 154 pounds. <laughs> and, you know, um, uh, Plant is a guy that he's fast, you know, um, he's good on his feet, but he has never faced anybody of Canelo Alvarez's uh, caliber. Never. Billy Joe, Billy Joe Saunders is levels above anybody Caleb Plant has ever faced. Remember, Caleb Plant, his biggest wins are over Jose Uzzacatui and Mike Lee. So, what's going to happen is Canelo, he does have trouble with movers, we know that, but Eddie Reynoso, who has more or less turned into pretty much the most elite trainer in the sport, as we heard in the Kovalev fight, when he tells Canelo, just relax, it's going to come. Same thing with the uh, Billy Joe Saunders fight. It's like, you know, just relax, it's going to come. Canelo is a guy that, as we uh, stated in the Billy Joe Saunders fight, where he sets things up. Uh, and that's what's going to be the downfall of Caleb Plant. You know, Canelo makes it look like he's throwing them uppercuts from way far away that, you know, he's overcommitting because he wants you to go exactly to the side he wants you to go. And that's exactly what happened with Billy Joe Saunders. And that's what happened to his face. And the thing about Canelo is he's reached that point. Remember, when he gets back to the corner, he actually told Eddie Reynoso it was over. And he asked him how come he knows. He goes, I felt his face crush. And I can see the same thing uh, happening with Caleb Plant. Because I think Caleb Plant, he jumped around too much. He moves around too much. And, you know, he's perfectly, uh, you know, he's tailor-made for Canelo, more or less. Canelo's going to walk him down. The first time Plant feels one of those body shots that Canelo digs into him, it's going to be a whole new level that he has never been on before. And the fight's going to be over by the seventh round. Canelo has clearly cemented himself as one of the greatest fighters of, of all time. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know if I would have said this several years ago, but it's pretty obvious now. And, you know, the big difference uh, be, with him and Manny versus, uh, like you said, the guy I love to hate, is that they've challenged themselves. Manny has challenged himself all throughout his career, including last night. And Canelo has too. 
I mean, yeah, of course he's had some some easier fights, but he's he's pushed the envelope, moving up and down and back and forth in weight. I mean, the guy is 56 and 1 with two draws, 38 knockouts. His only loss came to Floyd, and when Floyd was smart enough to know, let me get this kid before he he, he learns a couple of more things. There's no way that uh, Canelo would have lost a second fight against Floyd. He's got yeah, every day, every day, fans will still bring up that Floyd Mayweather loss. Well, and they don't know. They don't. Yeah, but say, oh, you're gonna say he was only 23 then, you know, um, which just goes in terms of what you're saying. How you know he wasn't a completely developed fighter. Well, the thing is, is we have a lot of unknowledgeable fans today. They they think they're knowledgeable because of the information that's at their fingertips, and I can't even the guy that. That tweeted, uh, that uh, put the tweet in last night. You know, uh, SMH. You know, I, you know what? I, you know, I can't stand it. it it's become, uh, it's it's nauseating. But anyway, uh, the two draws, Triple G and uh, Jorge Juarez, which was in his fifth fight. And aside from that, you know, uh, thirty-eight knockouts with fifty-six wins. I mean, the guy. I don't think he's gonna have a problem with Plant. I really don't. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know what other fights will be on that card, but uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it really for the, for the unification of the super middleweight division. Yeah, like I said early on, it will. What, um, just real quick to touch on, you know, lack of knowledge of fans is I love how fans were sitting there saying, oh, he's ducking plant. He's making excuses. He wants an easier fight. So the easier fight was Peter Biev. No, that's, that's not the a, fight he wanted to make. That that's the easier fight than Caleb Plant. No is. way. I, that's yeah. going to be. That oh, might there's be. Holes in, that, there's holes in Peter Biev's game. <laughs> What's the hole in Peter Biev's game other than the fact that he's going to punch a hole through you? Yeah. No. I mean, I. You know, the the thing is, is that uh, the uh, Canelo Alvarez. They they try to get the best fight that will bring in the most money. What's wrong with that? You know, a unification fight. Uh, is an interest. People are interested in that. Um, you know, I don't even remember if the super middleweight division has been unified in in recent times. I don't think so. It's a it's not a, since Andre Ward. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a division that needs a guy like Canelo. It's an exciting division. The guys are big. You know, uh, it needs a guy like Canelo. I just don't think Plant is going to give him the challenge and. The other thing about that is there's nobody else in the division either, at least right now. You know, so it'd be interesting to see what happens in the fight and then where Canelo goes uh, from there. But uh, but the the next fight we're going to do a post fight show after, unless something else comes up sooner. Uh, the Anthony Joshua Oleg Usyk fight. I know you've been a big fan of Usyk since uh, he's been you know hit the scene, even when he was a cruiserweight, and. Um, I, I didn't think he had a chance against AJ at all, but lately I'm starting to think, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Usyk uh, does have a chance against Joshua. Maybe Joshua is going to take him lightly. What, what's your thoughts preliminarily on that fight um, between Usyk and Joshua on the 25th of September? You know, it's funny, you know, with, with that fight, more or less where you go to how you're saying Canelo early on, and then we see the transition of fighters. Remember, Usyk at one point in time actually lost to Sean Porter in the amateurs. And then, you know, Usyk goes on to become the unified. Matter of fact, Usyk holds the record for the quickest unification bout, the quick, the fighter to unify all four world titles and the lineal title, the quickest in history. And, you know, 
Jermaine Taylor, he didn't unify them all in one fight. He got them off of Bernard Hopkins, who unified them at 31. Teofimo Lopez, he did it in 16 fights, but, you know, he also had to go through Lomachenko, who had the majority of the belts. And, but Yusik actually collected those belts one by one. And Yusik, yeah, on paper, it seems like, okay, he's not going to be able to deal with the size and power of Anthony Joshua. But Anthony Joshua, while he is, I think, a more mobile fighter, and I think he is a little bit better overall, I do not believe he hits any harder than Joe Joyce, which Yusik, after he, when he fought Joe Joyce, after he got stunned a little bit, you know, he just boxed circles around Joe Joyce. And I can see that happening in the Anthony Joshua fight. And if you've looked at Usyk lately in recent pictures, Usyk looks like a um, more or less a Ukrainian version of Evander Holyfield. Yeah, well, he's got the time to uh, to 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 get in, you know, get comfortable with in in the weight class. And it's going to be interesting to see um, the fight. Usyk does things that. I remember hearing you and Alex talk about the power and Alex talking about, you know, maybe not one, not two, not three. The thing with Usyk is, and matter of fact, Anatoly Lomachenko was training him for this fight. The thing with Usyk, the beauty part is, you know, Usyk loves to use volume and angles just like Vassal Lomachenko does. But every now and then, Usyk will just throw in the middle of when the guy thinks, oh, I'm just getting pity padded. All I got to do is cover up here. All of a sudden, then Usyk lands a power punch, and that's where all his knockouts have come from, both that cruiserweight and that heavyweight. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think Anthony Joshua does, you know, uh, possess uh, boxing ability, um, and I, I think that's what makes it interesting. Uh, we'll see who who can outbox the other and sprinkle in some power. We know Joshua can get the power, but can he hit? Can he hit him flush? That's going to be the question. In October, uh, thanks to COVID, we pushed back the Fury Wilder three fight. It's a fight that I just can't, I, you know. And it's even getting more bizarre that Joe Goosen was was you know saying that Malik Scott's going to be helping him more than than than. Um, what's his name? Did uh, ta- um, not Taylor. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Who was the trainer that just left? Um, Tyson Fury. I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, Mark, Mark Breland. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I I went blank there for a second. But I, <laughs> to suggest that uh, Malik Scott is a better uh, trainer, or at least will be better for Tyson Fury. Uh, than Mark Breland, I, I thought, I, to me, it was laughable. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, well, they're trying to you know, play an angle and sell that. You know, Malik Scott, when he was active, was, you know, B-level at best. Um, then there was, of course, those rumors for years that when... He fought Deontay Wilder that he actually took a dive. He took, and, yeah, because um, well, they're good friends, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And But um, those were one of the things that when we spoke about, I had uh, did a, a pretty in-depth video about how this fight, this actually is an advantage for Deontay Wilder, who I don't think is mentally ready. You know, after the beating that he took, after all that stuff that we had to endure for over a year, I don't know whether or not family claiming that his his brother claiming that his skull was uh, caved in. If his skull was caved in, he wasn't going to be walking around, you idiot. And then, you know, then we have the costume. But then, okay, if the costume was so heavy, how come you're showing these videos of you running it, jumping around in 40-pound vest? 
Now, when you start, any fighter starts with the whole thing that Deontay Wilder does every time before. Well, I want a body. I'm going to kill. I, I know I'm going to. You know, he's talking himself up. He's building himself up. He's trying to gain confidence in himself. And in my opinion, he needed more time to gain that confidence in himself. And there is nothing that Malik Scott can teach him that Mark Breland couldn't. And um, I also had mentioned in that video, which, you know, was made before COVID, that if Deontay Wilder would have just listened to Mark Breland, learned how to throw the jab like Mark Breland was teaching him, and Lennox Lewis tried to teach him. And with Deontay Wilder's build, he could have been a Mark Breland of the heavyweight division with one-punch power and pretty much, you know, um, indestructible at this point in time. I agree. He had the height. He had the arm reach. At, but but because he's he's got that those those people in his ear, uh, he relies on the one punch. He'll do it again. The outcome's going to not be any different, not unless Tyson Fury just takes it so lightly and gets caught. Because Wilder can knock out Fury. There's no question about it. Um, yeah, but, he has that one-punch power. You know? right. But like you mentioned before, saying, oh, well, Tyson Fury leans on him. And people forget again, too, is that Tyson Fury, even before anybody else said it, even before Tyson Fury um, threw an uppercut and punched himself in the face, Manny Stewart said right. he is going to be a future world champion. He spent time early in his career at Kronk Gym, even before he went over to his uh, his uncle Peter. And that is where he learned that style that made Vladimir Klitschko and Lennox Lewis all-time greats. When Vladimir Klitschko and Lennox Lewis were fighting, remember, the average heavyweight was between 6'2 and 6'3. A 6'4 heavyweight was big. Now... Deontay Wilder is that six foot two, six foot three, or six foot four heavyweight compared to Tyson Fury at six foot nine at two hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah, no, Wilder's uh, six seven, isn't he? Yeah, but I'm saying in comparison. Oh, to oh, oh! I got gotcha. you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Against six foot two, six foot three, and six foot four opponents is what Wilder is compared to a six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pound Tyson Fury. Right, right. Well, the, the knock on Wilder has always been he doesn't possess any other any other skill besides power. And you're right. Uh, I, I, Malik Scott is is not going to teach him more than Mark Breland did. It's just. I think it's a clear case. Deontay Wilder is like a punk because he's not holding himself accountable for his own mistakes. He's pointing fingers everywhere else. And, uh, you know, it's not just Wilder. Uh, a lot of people do that today in the world. I mean, uh, nobody holds themselves accountable anymore, and it's it's unfortunate. But I remember when Wilder was knocked out in the amateurs. Um, do you remember talking about, you know, how he doesn't, when Wilder, he gets over-anxious and he's looking for that knockout too hard. Do you remember when Bernard Hopkins and Jean Pascal were going to have their rematch? And they were doing more or less like one of those 24-7s just before um, the second fight. And Bernard Hopkins is making fun of Jean Pascal. I love that. Down and he's I, twirling his arms around I, in circles. And I that. love and that. And we've seen Deontay Wilder do just that, try and twirl his arms and bull his way in and hope that he would just get close enough and land a big punch. I loved when B-Hop did that. That was one of my favorite, favorite things when he oh, was... Oh, you remember that? Oh, I do distinctly. It, it, whenever I think of those two, that's all that pops into my head. I can't even remember the fight, but I, I remember that when, when Bernard was was making fun of him. That was that. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, one last thing. What was your thoughts on the uh, uh, Larry Merchant interview? It was good to see Larry. Larry's been around a long time. When you and Alex were talking about that, 
I was thinking to what you were talking about just a little bit before saying, and I know, you know, how much that you love Sonny Liston as a fighter. People forget that Larry Merchant in that all-time famous iconic picture of Muhammad he's, Ali he's, standing he, over. He's right in it. I'm looking Sonny at Liston. it now. I'm looking Larry at Larry Merchant is in the fourth row. He was a young writer at the time. Yes, I have the photo right here in, in the studio, and and you, you could see him. You know, you could see him uh, and, in it. And and the other uh, the other thing, me and John, I was on. Um, I was a guest on uh, John Johnny Sig show, which uh, you were too, and. You guys have mentioned earlier, Alex had uh, brought up that last night reminded him very much of Sugar Ray versus Terry Norris. And um, I remember talking with Johnny, and I mean, you've discussed this before. I I remember being at that fight with uh, Burt Sugar. That was actually the first major professional fight I ever covered. And, you know, I could see the comparison, which Alex was kind of saying, where, you know, faded off. Uh, you know, where he had uh, really faded down against a younger, stronger, bigger fighter. and But hopefully... Unlike Sugar Ray, Manny's smart enough not to fight again and end up being knocked out. Yeah, well, hopefully Manny is smart enough not to fight again. But uh, I, I, so before we let you go, I, you know, we're we're going to be doing this new uh, segment. Uh, it's going to be well, actually, it's going to be a new a show uh, that we're going to just do a different format, and uh, I'm going to try and do it once a month in addition to covering these bigger fights. But one of the ideas I had was, you know, I want to, you know, ha have special guests on or whatever. And one of the things I was thinking about was the work that you do with the amateurs uh, down by you. I, w I was wondering if uh, that could be on our uh, schedule, coordinate that at some point, uh, maybe do a show from the gym. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a long show or what have you, but do a show from the gym and uh, get to uh, possibly... Uh, see a couple of these young kids sparring and talking with them, and uh, you know, you think there'd be some interest there? Yeah, there definitely. Matter of fact, right now in the works is a possible pro show down in Newburgh in the end of November. I mean, uh, Elijah, who I've mentioned on this show, he made his pro debut on the 14th, the same night that uh, Virgil Ortiz knocked out uh, Cavalakis down in. Um, I believe it was South Dakota or South Carolina, rather, uh, not Dakota. And but um, you know, in the you know the amateur scene, yeah, it's definitely um, interesting. I'm not really a big fan of USA Boxing, but you know, um, in terms of you know the kids and stuff like that, I think it would be great. And I believe that you know a lot more of these gyms, not just ours, but the amateur gyms in period, they just need a lot more attention, like it used to be. Remember, um, um, gym visits that a lot of places used to do and i believe you know that is something that would be great for for, uh, for these kids and not just you know at that gym but any gym oh yeah no 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 we're gonna uh you and i have to chat about that we're gonna be doing uh, some fun stuff and uh you know to, to to feed the fever that we all have uh where we can't get it from from our sport that we love at least i can and we're this show has always been uh focused on the historical aspect and, you know, I just feel that it's time that we cater to the people that enjoy the show. And most of them like to hear about uh, the historical aspect plus sprinkle in with the, with the current events. Whereas a lot of the younger fans think they know it all because they've watched boxing for the last two years, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I, just... think, I, I think actually 
every fan, especially these fans that talk about and criticize fighters, they should have to be forced to, at minimum, like um, last month when we were up in uh, the Catskills and there was about 25 other gyms there and it was open sparring and everybody was just going out there letting it all hang out. You know what, come in there, just visit, and then it's open sparring. Say, so, you know what, can I get an opportunity to step in there and spar? And I guarantee you, whether or not you're sparring against a 14-year-old or a 20-year-old who's getting ready to make their debut, who's a top-level amateur, or, you know, they've only had uh, one or two fights, all of a sudden you're going to have a whole new respect for that sport because in the gym, whether or not it's New York, whether or not it's California, and certainly back in the Philly days, uh, you know, to be there and see what, you know, it's like when these guys get in there and are preparing, especially those gym wars. If you're not used to being in that environment, it can actually be kind of intimidating. Let me tell you something. When I, when I owned the gym in, in Poughkeepsie, uh, people would come in. And there's in. one there, too. There's one there, too, now. Yes, I was talking about that. There's one there. Uh, we were just there about two weeks ago. Where? Um, it's up over on uh, Main Street, on Upper Main Street. I forget where Snoop. I was saying, you know, talking about the show, I was saying it started out at Snoop's, and I forget exactly where Snoop's is located. Right on Main Street. That's where it, my gym, uh, that, was, that was our gym. And uh, and Snoop's was our gym, and right on Main Street. The sign is still there, so I don't know. It, 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 so I don't know if it's if there's somebody was telling me, oh, they think they opened up a place. It's called Snoop's. I'm like, no, it's the same sign. They haven't taken it down. But uh, but but anyway, people used to come in that never boxed, and they're just checking it out. And uh, all the young kids, you know, I say kids, they all God, it's you know, they think it's yeah. I say I'll give I'll give any one of you twenty bucks right now. If you can hit that heavy bag nonstop for one minute, everybody says they can do it. I never coughed no. up a 20. No, yeah, no, never, never. People don't realize exactly how hard it is just to work one out. One minute. Well, they don't realize how long a minute is when you're going all out on a heavy bag either. Yeah, when, when you can't stop. Uh, right. When, when you just have to, you know, continuously. Um, my good thing is, you know, with uh, our gym is, you know, and, you know, Newburgh and it's, you uh, know, there's a lot of revitalization, and the gym has actually been taking play, taking part in a lot of events. Matter of fact, there was one going on today. I was at one yesterday, and there was actually a national night out about two weeks ago where right in the middle of Broadway, we had the gym, we had the uh, ring set up, and they were sparring for about two and a half hours. It was open sparring, open invitation, and you know something? The only people not from the gym that got into the ring were under 10 years old. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that the the gym is doing none, well. None, none, none of the men or, you know, the other tough guys were, you know, willing to take that chance. No. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, Newberg needs that, and I'm glad you're uh, in the middle of that stuff. So, Dax, it's been a pleasure. We look forward to the next time, and you and I are going to talk during the week, my man. All right, everybody. Enjoy your day. Take care, Dax. That's my man, Dax Khan, giving us his thoughts on uh, the fight and some fights coming up and uh, some stuff that uh, uh, we'll be doing in the near future. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Again, uh, I want to uh, thank everyone that's been emailing us um, over the last uh, several weeks and um, continue to do that. Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Look forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing our new uh, segment that we're going to do. We're going to try to... Uh, be on uh, a lot more uh, as uh, the summer closes and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some big fights uh, like we have already on this on the schedule for the uh, fall uh, and uh, beginning of winter 
so hopefully uh, we can increase that and do more shows. So uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Feel free, like I said, drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. I want to thank uh, uh, the Title Bout Championship computer game. If you're looking for a simulation game that we use, by the way, and we will be using it when we do these uh, events. Uh, there's none other than the title bout. Uh, it's constantly updated. The database, it's been uh, uh, worked on since the 70s. Uh, so check it out. Download yourself a copy today. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the title bout banner. Also, southerngourmetspice.com. You know it's my favorite place uh, for uh, all my spices. Uh, make sure you tell them Billy C sent you and demand the Billy C discount. And uh, one last thing, you, it's the holidays are right around the corner. Get yourself uh, half a dozen copies of Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet. It's available right now, Amazon.com uh, or uh, Barnes & Noble. Just uh, Google Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet. Hey, it was great being with you guys again today. And uh, until next time, I'll say this. Uh, make sure you tune in same time, same channel. Until then, ciao, baby.